Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. When my guest told me what she wanted to talk about on today's program, I kind of cringed. Her subject is Christians in the Middle East, and that's not going so good these days. Being a Christian in that part of the world carries with it some very real challenges. Just how bad is it? Here is Melissa Reed, associate editor of Liberty Magazine, to bring us up to date. Melissa, what's the latest? Well, Charles, thank you uh, so much for having me on today. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. And I really was eager to be a part of the program today because, as you said, it's of great concern. Yes. The, the plight of Christians in the Middle East. And it's of concern to me and hopefully to our listeners that it is really not galvanized Christians here in the West. Mm-hmm. We see so much going on in in so many different countries in the Middle East. I think probably most chronologically of Iraq. Shortly after the Iraq war and the toppling of the uh, Saddam Hussein regime, we saw Christians being persecuted. Uh, I think we've heard that two-thirds of Christians in that country have now either been killed or vanished from Iraq um, since the toppling of the Saddam Hussein regime. We had a an author for Liberty write an article about this particular ethnic cleansing. And um, he said the only thing that the Sunni and the Shia could agree about was how much that they hated the Christians mm. there. And it's really, really been underreported or, or, or has not taken uh, to the hearts and the minds of the Christians here in the United States and, and Europe. And it's, it's been troubling. We also look uh, at Egypt and the Coptic Christians. I think we've done um, entire shows, episodes yes. on the Coptic Christian situation. And it's been described as the worst attacks on Christian minority since the 14th century. And it just keeps coming and coming. Again, just I think it was the end of September, uh, there was an, a, a Taliban suicide bomber in Pakistan killing 85 worshipers at a Christian church mm. in Pakistan and, and Peshawar. Mm. We see it in Syria, uh, the displacement and the targeted killing and attacks of Syrian Christians. It's just incredible what is going on to our brothers and sisters in Christ in this region of the world. And yet, for some reason, it hasn't galvanized us into action in the way that that so many other issues Mm -hmm. do galvanize us. What I can't seem to figure out, and I have thought about this and thought about this and thought about this, We have peace-loving religions. If you look at the Muslim faith, if you look at Christian faith, these these are supposed to be people of peace, and they're killing each other, and they're at war with each other, and always have been. What are they missing, and what are we missing because it's not galvanizing us? What is missing from the Christian faith, from the belief system of all the religions of the world that allows this to happen and makes this happen? What's missing, Melissa? Well, in my own life, whenever I see Christ-like characteristics missing, I think it's because I have been neglecting my relationship, my personal one-on-one relationship with Christ, with my Savior. So that would be my guess. I know that whenever I have that, that dialogue and that communication with Christ, the presence and the spirit that consumes me and that motivates me 
And I mean, we certainly look at, at the Gospels and, and in Scripture and we see almost more than anything, Christ spent his time here on earth caring to the needs of the unfortunate and the downtrodden and, you know, giving a voice to the voiceless is a phrase that we frequently say in, in human rights uh, circles. He did that exactly. Uh, he did it for the for the Jew and the Samaritan. He was very specific about crossing boundaries, yes, you know, yes. that were not crossed um, back in, in, in that time period. But here we're not even talking about boundaries except for geographical mm-hmm. boundaries. We're talking about our, you know, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, it's, so it's puzzling and it's certainly troubling to me that this has not caused more action, yeah. a more protest yeah. on, on our behalf. I think on the show... We've talked about lobbying. One time we uh, had the, the Religious Liberty Summit, and we, we went and lobbied for a particular piece of legislation mm-hmm. that would create an advocate for religious minorities in the Middle East and South Central Asia. Mm-hmm. We took a group of advocates down to Capitol Hill and yes, visited Yes, I remember us talking some, about that. Yes, that was exciting. Yeah. That was exciting. So with your studies in elementary school of how a bill becomes a law, yes. the bills have to pass the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. And um, that particular piece of legislation recently passed in the House version in mm-hmm. January, mm-hmm. and it's sitting in the Senate version. But according to the lead sponsor of the Senate version, there's no date set for it to be taken up to get a vote on. Mm. And so, again, this is something that I would really encourage our listeners to contact their senators and demand this bill needs to be taken to the floor and to be heard and for more attention to be placed or, or focused on this particular issue. These individuals are suffering and dying. They're being displaced from their homes. Their places of worships are being bombed. They're being tortured and they're being killed. One of the stories I heard was specific to Syria. A young woman, a Christian woman, called the cell phone of her fiancé, who was a, also a Christian, and a member of the Free Syrian Army answered the cell phone and told the young woman that they had given her fiancé a chance to convert to Islam, but he refused, and so they had slit his throat. Oh. Again, I, I also would like to um, really credit Kirsten Powers. Uh, she's the author of an article in the Daily Beast, a September 27, 2013 article in the Daily Beast website, with sort of compiling all of this information. It's a great resource for us to, I would encourage individuals to visit the website and to, to forward and to share this article because she's really put it out there for us. Like really, really sort of, <laughs> it was it was hard not to take it personally as a yeah. Christian, you yeah. know, to, yeah. to see, you know, yeah, we're not doing enough when I was reading her article. So I really commend uh, Ms. Powers for writing that piece and, and hopefully we can bring attention on guilt or maybe just being impressed by the Holy Spirit that, yes, you know, we need to be acting on behalf of our fellow believers overseas. And what is the name of that bill? It's Creating a Special Envoy for Religious Minorities in the Middle East and South Central Asia. Okay. And the lead sponsor is Senator Roy Blunt, who is a Republican out of Missouri. We all heard about this Somali attack of the mall in Kenya that killed more than 70 people. And the Associated Press, very reputable press organization, reported that this militant group, Al-Shabaab, 
confirmed witness accounts that the gunmen involved in this mall attack separated Muslims from other people, and they let the Muslims go. Mm. The captives were asked questions about Islam, and if they couldn't answer them, they were shot. So oh. it was a very targeted killing oh uh, there in that mall. And again, it's just it's just situation after situation, you know, that is really troubling and concerning, and we certainly need to lift our fellow believers up in prayer and, um, like I said, contact our, our, our senators and let them know, you know, we need to be doing more here. And that's the special envoy to the Middle East for religious freedom, and it has passed, you say this passed the House and is waiting at the Senate? That's exactly right. Okay. Yes, All yes. Right. So you need to contact your senators. You might want to contact your representatives. It was yeah. passed overwhelmingly in the uh, House side. So you might want to contact your representatives and say, thank you so much for voting uh, for this particular, you know, establishing this office. But also then contact your senator and say, we really would love to see this brought to a vote. One thing that I did find encouraging, uh, you know, Iran has a new president, mm-hmm. President Rouhani, and... I think it was, what, the first time in 35 years President Obama spoke with the president of Iran recently, I think just after they were all here for their U.N. visit. Mm -hmm. And um, on his way to the airport, President Obama called the president, President Rouhani. And during this phone conversation, this historic phone conversation, he actually personally called for the release of Pastor Saheed. I I know you probably have followed the story of Pastor Saheed, the American citizen who's being held in prison there, charged with, I think, proselytizing Mm -hmm. in Iran. So that was very encouraging, you know, that he had this one opportunity for this phone call, the first phone call in 35 years between these two nations, so at odds with each other. And uh, I was really impressed and heartened to hear that he had brought this issue to the attention during that brief call. And the subject of that phone call was religious freedom for someone. That is amazing. That is Isn't amazing. that incredible? Oh, yeah. Certainly God has been working behind the scenes where, you know, where, where you and I yes. might not have given the attention that we should have. You know, God works for those. And, and it's been reported that Pastor Saheed is aware that the phone call took place wow. and that his, you know, his situation was raised. So that certainly has to be heartening to his family and to himself. And, you know, I, I can only imagine, you know, the level of discouragement mm-hmm. that individuals could have in that situation. And so that is one bright spot in a very dreary uh, environment. You know, what you said earlier just really struck home to me today. You said that what's missing is really the heart and soul of a religion, the the Christ of the religion, whether that is Muhammad, whether that is Christ, whether that is God, we need to bring these elements back into our hearts and so that we are trying to emulate what we believe. We we don't want to be Christians or Muslims or Hindus in name only. We want to take to heart the belief system that we believe in. And usually when you get to the heart of these belief systems around the world, there is peace. And so we need to get to that too, especially as Christians. We need to be more Christ-like, I hear you saying. Is that right, Melissa? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, like I said, I I noticed that within my own life, you know, when when I really spend that time in devotion and in prayer and and Bible study and with, with my fellow believers, you know, you certainly do notice... Uh, you know, your attention changing, your heart, you know, your your level of selfishness <laughs> changes, you know, sort of your just very myopic point of view. And I think myself, certainly as much as anyone, needs to refocus and to be thinking of these individuals, 
you know, who, who desperately need our prayers and our attention and do everything that we can to allow them to be able to worship Christ just like we do freely, you know, to not have their places of worship burned or, or be, be scared about the future of their family uh, because of their faith. Mm. Melissa Reed, Associate Editor of Liberty Magazine. Melissa, thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Charles. And listener, I invite you to the website, libertymagazine.org. You can subscribe to Liberty Magazine at that site for yourself or for others in your community. You can also listen to these programs and share them with your church groups. And uh, you can read the blogs and you can make comments on these subjects. We need to keep this forefront in our mind. We need to keep this ever before us because if we don't use it, we are going to lose it. We need to nurture it and love the freedom, the religious freedom that we have here. And that is the message of Liberty Magazine, each and every issue. Until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Melissa Reed, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.